Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Welcome to the Quilt Connection. I'm Alex Anderson with podcast number two. In podcast number one, I spoke about identifying the color that just kind of gets under your skin and makes you an easy and learning how to work with it. In my case, it was the fall palette and it was through the opportunity of making a quilt with that fabric combination, I got to get over that color prejudice. And in fact, now that's one of my favorite palettes to work with. I get to teach locally once in a while, and in my class, I like to start off the session with a discussion on working with different fabric combinations. Sometimes people get hung up not knowing where to start or where to go when they make a quilt. I'm often asked, what do I start with first, the fabric or the pattern? And I guess that's kind of a chicken and an egg type question, and in my case, the chicken and the egg answer is usually the block. I love traditional quilt blocks, so that's why you'll often see quilts made by me with stars and log cabins, nine patches, all those wonderful patterns that have been around forever. So I decide on that particular palette, and then I go to my bag of tricks. My bag of tricks consists of several different ways to choose fabric to work with when I go to make a quilt. Possibly the easiest, well not possibly, I would say for sure, the easiest way to work is to choose a holiday and then work in that color combination. So for instance, when you think of a holiday, Christmas might come to mind, Thanksgiving, Easter, 4th of July, the list goes on. Let's pretend we're going to make a star quilt out of 4th of July fabrics. What I'll do is I'll go to my local quilt shop and go over to the holiday section that has the 4th of July fabrics. And usually they are just wonderful. It seems that the fabric manufacturers just knock themselves out when it comes to holiday prints. And I want to buy them all, but I try not to. I choose two or three fabrics within that collection that really speak to my heart. Okay, sometimes I've bought the whole collection. Been there, done that. But nonetheless, when I go home, I'm only going to work with two or three. After I choose the fabrics that speak to my heart, then I go over to, say, the blue section, and then I go over to the red section, and then I go over to the beige and white section and choose tone-on-tones or sparkles. Tone-on-tones usually read kind of flat. Sparkles are a tone-on-tone that has light or white sprinkled across the top of the surface. Frankly, I like those a little bit better than the tone-on-tones. The reason I force myself to leave the patriotic section of the store is because usually, or more often than not, these fabrics are novelty prints. And novelty prints are pictorial. And so often they're very spotty or polka dotty looking in nature. And if you use all that fabric in one quilt, frankly, it becomes overwhelming, kind of like the chicken pox on a little kid. If you use the tone-on-tones mixed in with the patriotic or novelty fabrics and the sparkles, you get a place for your eye to rest. Let's look at the two examples I have on alexandersonquilts.com. Example number one is made entirely 
of patriotic fabric. And as you can see, it's a little visually confusing. If you look at example number two, I've put in some sparkles and tone on tone, and it gives a place for your eye to just kind of slide over the surface. I think, well, they both work as patriotic quilts. They both say, hey, look at me, I'm red, white, and blue. Number two is a little more sophisticated. You might want to think of it this way. Think of a room of third graders. You have the teacher who's a leader, and you might have a student teacher or a teacher's aide or a parent helper. That gives you three leaders in the classroom. That's all you need. If every single body in that classroom were a leader, you would just have chaos. Picture that. Or maybe you wouldn't want to picture that. <laughs> On Simply Quilts during the 500 season, I had the pleasure of hosting a show with Pam Munns, who happens to be a friend of mine. And she is a CHP, a California Highway Patrol officer. We chose the quilt Road to California to demonstrate. It actually is in my book, Fabric Shopping. And Pam showed what an easy quilt it is to construct. She also did some um, tips on rotary cutting, you know, safety. We had to cover that since she's an officer. But if you look carefully at this quilt, and it's also on my site, you will see that truly there's only about, I'd say, three or four holiday 4th of July prints in there. The rest are supporters. They are the reds, the blues, and the neutrals from the Tone on Tones and Sparkle section of my stash. And speaking of my stash, when I do go to the quilt shop, I am going to do a whole podcast on this. I only buy, oh, say, maybe a dozen new pieces, and then I come home and I work with what I have in my closet. And that way, the old group, which I call the support group, can play with the new pieces and guess what they look fabulous together well speaking of officers um did you know that there's a place called quilters jail i hate to break it to you here at the quilt connection but yes there is <laughs> no i'm kidding but what i am talking about is that when i travel the country teaching and lecturing i find that region to region people have very strong opinions on certain subject matters when it comes to quilt making and chances are they will not be swayed from one camp into the other one such subject matter is do you pre-wash your fabric if you don't you just will not cross over to the side of the camp that does and um, if you don't pre-wash your fabric I would like to strongly suggest that at a minimum you test it for color fastness. And the way I suggest to do this is to take a piece of that fabric, just a small piece, and sew it to a neutral fabric and then put it into boiling water and see what happens. See, say if you're working with red, if the red migrates over into the white fabric. If it does, you have a problem. And there are a few ways you can adjust uh, fix this. What I would probably do is then put it in the washing machine with hot water and see if you can wash it and rinse it enough time so that the red comes out and or there's a real cool product out there called uh, color catchers or dye magnets. You can get them at your grocery store and you can put that in with the water and it will wick out the color, say the red, onto the actual sheet. They look like dryer sheets. And if your fabric is bleeding, 
it will come out this dry, this little dye magnet, the color of say like ruby. I mean, just incredible. Now, why don't people want to pre-wash their fabric? Because when it comes off the bolt, it is really nice. It's crisp. It sometimes behaves better. But for me, the risk, I don't know. I like to pre-wash. Well, I say that like I do every time. I try to. <laughs> so I pre-wash for several reasons. Number one, there have been times in my life where I've had to knock out quilts really fast, say 10 quilts in three months. And thank goodness I have machine quilters that have been able to help me out in this. But I did not have time to do the pre-washing. So what I did was I just decided, okay, we're just going to not wash the quilt when it's done. It's for photography purposes. I'm not going to worry about it. What I found was that there was something in the fabric. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the lint. But I found myself wheezing, and I didn't like that feeling. Also, I found that my hands got kind of chipped up and red and raw. Also, um, I do believe that pre-washing is important to, again, test for the color fastness. I'll put all the dark colors in the washing machine together and see if any red comes floating up. And if it did, I would, again, throw in one of those color catchers. I don't worry so much about shrinkage because I use really good 100% cotton available from the quilt shop. So for that reason alone, I do pre-wash, or those reasons. I do want to say, if you're making a baby quilt, absolutely pre-wash. That's a non-negotiable, just like when you pre-wash the infant's clothing before you put them into it. And you might want to put a note in for the new mother to understand how to care for the quilt. I once made a quilt that was a hand applique, hand quilted, over 80 inches, yellow rose of Sharon, and I called it Mud. I'll explain that title. That's kind of a weird title for a rose of Sharon. And um, I was working on it, hand quilting it, and I was using a marking tool that would come off with water. So I would have a little paintbrush with water and I would like wash off the color as I was working on it. And all of a sudden I looked down and yellow was running all over the quilt top. It was hand dyed. I should have, man, I should have pre-tested that, but I didn't. It was running all over the quilt top and I about had a fit. I, my heart fell to the ground. So I went and I called Paula Reed and I said, Paula, this is what's going on. I don't know what to do. And she, she said, look, finish the quilt, bind it, and then go get yourself Synthropol and put it in the washing machine with hot water, put your quilt in and agitate it. And then Paula in her wonderful way said, as if you're not agitated enough already. And that freaked me out because here I am with a hand applique, hand quilted Rose of Sharon that I was going to have to put in my washing machine and not only wash it, but put it on the agitation cycle. But I really had no other choices at that point. The quilt would be ruined without this possibly coming out. So I did it and miracle upon miracles, it did come out. Paula now suggests that you also, if this happens after the quilt is made, again, use the color catchers or dye magnets. She's concerned with some of these marking tools that we have available to us that they may not come out if it comes in contact with hot water. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And again, you have to look at the quilt and assess what is going on. 
Now, mud. Why did I name that quilt mud? Well, it was inspired by a poem by Polly Chase Boyden. And here it goes. Mud is very nice to feel. All squishy squash between the toes. I'd rather wade in wiggly mud than smell a yellow rose. Nobody else but the rose bush knows how nice mud feels between the toes. I love it when we get inspired from the most unusual places. Have a great day, and until we meet, and we quilters do get around, happy quilting! For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.